Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that lasted only one season, including shows that lasted only one episode, and some shows that were never run at all. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. On Little Mermaid Island, binya binya. Okay, yeah, it does totally sound like Gullah Gullah Island's theme song. <laughs> yes, it does. I thought of that, too. In 1991, to capitalize on the unprecedented success of the 1989 film, The Little Mermaid, uh, they decided the Jim Henson Company and Disney wanted to make a children's television show. Right. That they called Little Mermaid's Island. Right. It was uh, kind of much like an Allegra's Window or a Gullah Gullah Island or even a Sesame Street. It was puppets and people. Yes. And it was... Less successful than the things I just named. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like how unprecedented the success of The Little Mermaid was. Because I remember when I was a child thinking, oh, Disney does a big breakout cartoon every year. Right. Like, there was The Lion King, before that was Aladdin, before that was Beauty and the Beast, before that was The Little Mermaid. And then I remember as a kid going, and before that was Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Like, thinking that Cinderella came out, like, the year before Little Mermaid. When, in truth, there wasn't that big breakout cartoon. Well, it was easier to fool kids because Disney used to have the system where they would theatrically release movies every seven years. Right. So, I'm not positive because I wasn't seeing movies before Little Mermaid came out. But Cinderella may have had a theatrical release. Right, but the, more of the point that I'm making is... There was a time in my childhood where, of course, there's a new Disney movie out this year. That's what they do. Yeah, because we were born, like, we were coming of age during what's now called the Disney Renaissance. Right. So, you know, after The Lion King was what, Tarzan? Probably something like that. You're killing there. me. After Little Mermaid, it was Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas. I miss Pocahontas. Hunchback, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. Yeah. So, Tarzan, the last Disney Renaissance film, because Atlantis didn't do super great. Right. But, like, for the longest time, I was just like, yeah, this is what happens every year. The idea that there wasn't one the year before The Little Mermaid was not something I really understood as a child. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Disney very nearly uh, folded right. as a studio. Uh, they had The Black Cauldron in, I want to say, 85, which was... Uh, very, very dark for a children's film and was not particularly well received. Right. It holds up pretty well to watch as someone who's a little older. Yeah. But if you take your three-year-old, they're not going to be real thrilled. Exactly. Uh, the first Disney movie I ever saw in theaters was The Rescuers Down Under. Okay. And they technically don't count that as like a Disney classic. Well, it's because it's not. But what I mean is it's not like in the Disney canon. In, like, yeah. their list of, like, their animated movies. Um, Rescuers Down Under doesn't make the cut. There's not a lot of animated sequels that go to theaters. No, they're all under, like, a different umbrella. Mm-hmm. Even the ones that are. They're under the umbrella of, like, Disney Toon. Right. And that was, like, the DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Uh, Disney Movie Tunes. Yeah. And they later changed into Disney Tunes. Okay. So, that's where you get, like... All of the direct-to-video sequels. Yeah, Return to Jafar and... Return to Jafar was pretty lit. I, I, I was a big fan. Of, I own that one. I like that one. Yeah, I really liked Return of Jafar and Aladdin the King of Thieves I liked, too. Yeah, he had a threequel. Yeah, I mean, we're as we're recording this, uh, Frozen 2 has just come out. Yes. So I think it's funny that we're talking about animated sequels. But I remember the next one I saw was Fantasia. Because yes. it was on the seven-year loop. And I did not like Night on Bald Mountain. Yeah, too scary. Too scary. Uh, I hid on the floor. And just, my mom's like, my mom has this very clear memory of me reaching up, taking the bag of popcorn and just taking it down into the floor with me. Like, I live here now. 
I, I fell asleep in the theater for Fantasia because I remember looking at my parents going, when are they going to start talking? <laughs> and they were like, look, it's Mickey and the Broomsticks. I was like, oh, fine. When are they going to start talking, though? And then I passed out. My cousins lost patience during uh, Snow White. They were a little older than I was. I didn't go with them. Because was... Well, this was in the 1930s. Yes. So they're um, a little older than you. This was this. This was in a re-release cycle. And when Snow White falls victim to the apple, my cousins start to get up. Like, okay, she's dead. We can go now. <laughs> oh, she's done. All right, cool. And my mom was like, no, no, the prince has to come and wake her up. And my cousin just dead ass looked at my mom and went, Why? <laughs> and every time I think of Snow White, I just no. think of my cousin going, why? Yeah, this could be my ending. I'm fine with this. So, like, Disney was at the beginning of what would become the Renaissance. Right. But they didn't necessarily know that their next few movies were going to take off the way they did. So they were hitting that Little Mermaid drum hard. Right. That's why if you go to Disney parks, there's a lot of Little Mermaid. Yeah. Especially in Hollywood Studios, which was opening right around... Uh, right around when The Little Mermaid came out. That's why there's that like very dated little like musical, mm-hmm. Voyage of the Little Mermaid. It's because Disney was throwing everything at the wall. Anything... We didn't see anything like this again until Frozen. Yeah. Like the ridiculous race to capitalize as much as humanly possible on a film. Right. Because Little Mermaid was very much part of the zeitgeist. Every little girl wanted to be Ariel. Mm-hmm. Like, Under under the Sea was winning Oscars. Right. This was a huge, huge deal. So they wanted to make a children's show to air on the nascent Disney Channel. Right. Uh, cable was just coming in to its own. Disney Channel was a premium channel. Right. And had the series been picked up, they were going to run it in that five-day-a-week schedule. Yes. Into the ground. <laughs> I mean... It's so strange to think about a show running five days a week now that we're adults and yeah. we're, we know about how what goes into filming a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean they're filming something that'll run five days a week? Yeah. We forget that kids have an endless capacity for reruns. Right. So if they make 35 episodes, that's a seven-week loop. Yeah. Kids will forget by seven weeks. Yeah, very true. So... Uh, the versions we saw, which are the only versions that are out there, they're on YouTube. Yes. Both uh, both existing episodes that were completed for Disney's, you know, viewing pleasure and to yes. see whether they wanted to option the show. Yeah. Air quotes around completed. We'll talk about that later. Uh, they're both missing the title sequence because they didn't mm-hmm. shoot the intro yet. We'll talk about that now. I was so annoyed by this because there is a minute and a half of just the words The Little Mermaid Island and a song. I was like, ah, you couldn't do anything? Well, it was clearly... the. I thought it was very clear that the intention was going to be... They were going to do the title sequence after they had done a few episodes. And do, so they like, had more footage. the montage title mm-hmm. sequence. I mean, like, it actually says uh, title sequence in production. Yeah. Which I didn't notice the first time we watched. My next note. Okay, the theme song is loud as shit. Or long as shit. Yeah, a minute and a half is a bit long for a theme song. Get in the swim, come in from the ocean. Go with the wind and get into motion. Got to be with the float on the rhythm. Music is in the air. Oh, she bum because I'm dancing on dry land. Simply because this joy on this island. Kick up your flippers and ride out the kippers. Music is in the air on the number. Fillery, but the songs in this are largely very repetitive. Yeah. Uh, there are four songs per episode. That's a lot of music. For a 23-minute show. Yeah. And all of the songs run about a minute longer than they need to. Yeah, they're about a minute long. <laughs> <laughs> they're about two minutes long. Yeah. And they all run about a minute longer than they need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about who we don't see before we talk about who we do. Okay. Uh, you know the very notable villain who is beloved to this day? Yeah. Ursula the Sea Witch? No Ursula. Uh, you know Ariel's noble father? Uh, yeah, no the King, King Triton. Triton. Uh, you know Ariel's handsome prince? See, The this, dreamy Prince Eric? This makes sense to me, at least. Because I could see a kid 
watching this and being like, well, why is Ariel still a mermaid? And the response can be, well, this is before she met Eric. And then I can be like, okay. Makes sense. Got it. Uh, following that logic, something horrible happens to Scales and Sandy between... Yeah, there's some <laughs> new characters that drown at some point in between this show and the movie. Yeah, uh, Sandy, Flounder's twin sister, gets eaten by Chef Louis. Yeah. For the events of the film. Yeah, Flounder has a, a twin sister, or I don't know if it's a twin. That might have been specious of me to say. I mean... They're siblings who are about the same age, and the only difference is that he is yellow and blue and she is yellow and pink. Yes, because Gendering. they're different genders. Um, but they have this problem anytime there is a uh, transformation, because mm-hmm. they had this problem with Beauty and the Beast. Right. Uh, anytime they make another medium with Beauty and the Beast, it has to somehow be set during the movie. Right. Because it has to be after Belle is at the castle. But before the beast becomes the prince. Right. That's where we get Belle's Enchanted Christmas, mm-hmm. Belle's Magical Tales. Right. Any Beauty and the Beast media, he is still the beast. Yes. And you also see this uh, with the Rapunzel animated series later on. Uh, they cut her hair. And we even see her in Flynn's wedding. And she still has the short brown hair. Mm-hmm. The first episode of the cartoon series... Her long blonde hair mysteriously grows back. Yeah, and that's kind of the and crux she has of the powers show. again. Yeah, so they have to kind of retcon out the major transformations, mm-hmm. or kind of just try to figure out a way to like jam them in. Yeah, but I think losing losing Ursula and losing Triton. Yeah, that's that's a lot to be missing, and we also lose all forty six of Ariel's sisters. Yeah, I, I forgot she has a huge family. Yeah, she has six sisters. Mm-hmm. And we don't see any of them either. Yeah. Even though I th- I would think that they would be good to have, like, another human character. Mm-hmm. And fairly cheap. Like, puppets cost money. People are probably cheaper. Yeah. So. Probably. The first thing we see in the first episode is Sebastian. Yes. It's his birthday. This puppet is horrifying. I'm actually very impressed with this puppet. Because it looks just like Sebastian. Like, from the cartoon. So it's a little off-putting to see it existing in 3D with, like, humans. Kind of like any time they, they make a Simpsons video game. And they yeah. try to put them in 3D. It's like, no. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, it's Uncanny Valley. Yes, but, like, one of the things about it is if he looks down. The way his eyelids are, the eyelids actually cover the eyes. So it actually changes his facial expression without changing the actual model. Yeah. Like, it's all done through puppetry. And I was like, that's a really good puppet. I mean, this was the Jim Henson company making these puppets, so they didn't, like, go cheap on the puppets. And I'm going to be honest, the flounder puppet in 1991 looks a damn sight better than the Little Mermaid Live flounder puppet. Yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, they really couldn't find that in storage somewhere? Yeah, I was like, you had it! It was right there. Or just go to Hollywood Studios and borrow a spare yeah. from Voyage of the Little Mermaid? No, they accidentally picked up a dory and they painted it. That's 100% what it looks like. Yeah. the It definitely looks more like a blue tang than a, than a flounder. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what a flounder looks like. See, well, if you actually want to know what a flounder looks like. Flounder, the, the, the reason they're called flounder... Is or the the phrase floundering? Mm-hmm. Flounders lay flat on the uh, ocean floor. That's okay. kind of what they do. And because of that, one of their eyes ventures to the other side of their face. Oh God! Because so it doesn't lay on its eye. Yeah. So that's what a flounder actually looks like. It should be laying flat on the, the surface of the or not the surface, the bottom of the ocean, with two eyes looking up. That that's what an actual flounder looks like, not a yellow and blue cute thing. Yeah. And that has been flounder facts. Noah did some research. No, it's not research. I you mean, just happened to no, know. No, this a lot is about- this is not the Noah did some research section. This is a new segment on this show called Flounder Facts. Oh no. <laughs> flounder facts. Flounder Facts! 
So Sebastian is telling Scuttle. Now Sebastian and Scuttle, again, Disney didn't like cheap out on this production here. Mm-hmm. They are both voiced by Samuel E. Wright and Buddy Hackett. They got yep. the same voices from the film. Yes. Um, so Sebastian says like, it's my, he has a whole song about how it's his birthday. It's my big day. It's my best day. It's my birthday. It's my B-Day, B-B-B-B-Day, B-B-B-Best Day, B-B-B-Birthday, it's my B-Day, it's the day that I was born. He talks to Scuttle, and Scuttle hears Bird Day. Yeah, so he decides it's Bird Day. Now there's something about this scene that really bothered you. Yes. What was it? Sebastian does not face the camera. Oh, that's right! <laughs> oh my god! Like, I was screaming at the television. You were! Sebastian, cheat out! So the puppet does the entire scene with its back to us, and is a puppet! And is a puppet! So it's not like it has the human inclination to turn around and look at somebody. Well, I mean, it also doesn't have the human eyes to know that it's backs to the camera. But, like, I assume there's a guy down there that, like, you could be like... Yo! Greg, turn your wrist. Right. Um, so he has a whole song about how it's his birthday. Yes. Um, Which I will play, uh, knowing that this means that this podcast will not be able to be listened to in Germany. Because oh. Germany always knocks down these things when I put them in. But hell, these both these episodes are available on YouTube, so I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, it is, my first note here is, it's about double the length that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sebastian is that chick who has a whole birthday month. Yeah. Like, Sebastian makes a huge deal out of his birthday. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, cool, brah. Yeah. And then we get to Ariel's Grotto. Yes. Uh, we get to two flounders. One is clearly a girl. Yes. Her name is Sandy, which I don't know is ever said. I don't think it's ever said out loud. I think we I, learned that in the credits. I looked at, when I did research, I found Sandy. Yeah. Sandy actually later appears in other media. Oh, really? Yeah, she appears in, like, kids' books and stuff. Huh. All right. The legacy of Sandy. Yeah, so Sandy does, like, uh, she's under the TV Tropes page for Canon Foreigner. Okay. Because she gets brought in later. Ariel has a beautiful teacup she's going to give Sebastian. I guess, for some reason. Despite the fact that I can't think of how Sebastian would use a teacup. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're planning something, but Sebastian shows up. No, they're doing the thing. It's the very classic, we're going to pretend to forget his birthday because we have a surprise later. Before Sebastian gets to them, uh, Flotsam and Jetsam. Yes. Who I don't think they're ever said by name either. But they are existing characters. Yes. They're, if you're not a Disney dweeb, they're Ursula's two eels. Yes, yes. Also the existing voices. Oh, okay. Um, and they're, they're spot on. Yeah, I don't. I feel like they didn't have the lit up eyes, because one has one lit up eye on the left, and the other's on the right. Yeah. Which it could be that we're just watching something in potato quality, but uh, I don't recall them having the yeah. lit eyes, which I believe they even have in Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Yes, they do. Um. So it's clearly meant to introduce them as antagonists, I guess, because they're a little less scary than Ursula. Yeah, I guess. So they're more of like an acceptive. They're more of an acceptable children's movie villain right or children's tv show villain because this is clearly meant at a very young audience yes this is really going after the sesame street market it's going for kids who are three four five years old Mm -hmm. anyone over five is going to be like this is stupid yes i'm over five ariel sandy and flounder pretend to have forgotten sebastian's birthday yes when he rolls up to the grotto to like talk about yes and he's like well do you guys want to do something and they're like no we're so busy and then she has a whole song about how busy she is and i was like no need to be a giant bee about it ariel well here's the thing that i noticed it's the song from blazing saddles but i'm so busy so very busy i've no time for visiting today why don't you go explore a distant shore and come back when you're done right now i'm much too busy to have fun. I'm tired. Tired of playing the game. Ain't it a crying shame? I'm so tired. 
which led to me announcing while we watched it, everything below the waist is pretty much kaput. And then I laughed harder than I've laughed for any reason during a stadium. <laughs> yes. It's all fishy. Oh, they apparently do mention Sandy because then I have my next note is Sandy is the girl flounder. Oh. Ariel is also very G-rated in this in how she's dressed. Yes, she doesn't have the uh, the shell bra. If you Google Ariel winter costume, because uh, the Disney princesses who greet guests at Disney World all have an alternate outfit mm-hmm. for when it's colder out. Okay. Including Ariel, who meets in a grot, like she meets indoors. Right. But even the indoor, like I don't think there's a lot of like heating infrastructure. Do you meet Ariel as a fish? Yeah. Cool. We should do that. What do you mean? Like, I didn't know if you do the meet and greet with Ariel that she's fish Ariel and not just like, I have legs now. Uh, she, by the way, I forgot that there's an actress named Ariel Winter. So I was going to show you, <laughs> uh, her outfit and I searched Ariel Winter. And some woman showed up. It was the girl from Modern Family. So that's not what I was expecting. Oh, and then Ariel Winter dyed her hair red. Jesus. So this is what it is. She's she's actually more covered up in the Disney parks where she's wearing a shiny seashell poncho. Okay. So, and they all have like a long sleeve dress version of their dress. Right. Because Ariel actually does greet in both forms. In This is me going to be full nerd. Um, in the Magic Kingdom, in her grotto, she greets Fish Ariel. In Cinderella Castle, if she is at the dinner, she greets Human Ariel. Huh, interesting. And also anywhere else she greets in the parks. She is usually human Ariel. Gotcha. You see fish Ariel in her grotto and in the parades. Okay. And that is Disney Princess Facts. Disney Princess Facts. Because I met Cinderella in her winter outfit. And then met her later that day. In her other outfit mm-hmm. and did like a whole little skit with her for the benefit of the children nearby. And I was like, oh, I saw you at breakfast in your castle and you were wearing your winter clothes. I see you changed your clothes since it got warmer out. And she's like, yeah, it gets so warm so quick in this castle. And the little kids were like, yo! Continuity! Yeah, little kids are really cute in Disney I World. love lore! Oh my god. Little kids in Disney around the princesses are my favorite thing. <laughs> and improving with the princesses for the benefit of children is also very fun. Because, <laughs> like, doing, like, a little bit of, like, improv with them. Mm-hmm. And kids are like, oh my god, it's clearly really the princess. It's really happening. And, like, it's really fun. So, uh, Sebastian decides, well, like, okay, if you guys forgot about me, I'm going to go visit Scales the Dragon. Yes, the worst character. And then uh, Flotsam and Jetsam on his way kind of, like, make fun of Sebastian. Like, you have no friends. Nobody likes you. And Sebastian's like, I'm going to go hang out with Scales. Scales has a terrible rock song called Bing Bang Bong the Noisy Song. baby bop yes accurate yeah like he looks like he's like a lighter green and looks a little bit more like a lizard than baby bop but yes. largely baby oh who's the yellow one bj bj he looks like bj and baby bop no probably pj probably pj i feel like there's not a, a children's character named bj i don't know it was an innocent time <laughs> That's, i'm just gonna go ahead and guess that Characters and cast. Dinosaurs. BJ! It is BJ! Yeah, we didn't know No! <laughs> oh, I hate it! No, no, I love being right. Oh, this is not the thing to be right about. <laughs> yes, I really wish you were wrong. <laughs> I'm correct. Uh, in any case... And then we meet Grimsby. 
I don't want to talk about the noisy song anymore. Yeah, because I just I wanted to just point out like Sebastian's like, "Hey, I'm real sad. What's up, Scalies?" He's like, "I'm making loud noises," and Sebastian's like, All right, "I'm out." <laughs> That's it. So Grimsby, who in the movie is Eric's like kind of like keeper, he's like Eric's advisor. Yeah. Is a sea captain mm-hmm. in this, and is canonically friends with. Scuttle, Ariel, and Sebastian, and Scales, the freaking dragon, before the events of the movie. Because if this is clearly meant to be before the events of the movie. At this point, why call him Grimsby? I don't understand this either. I would have just called him, like, you know, Captain Bob or something. I also don't know what the thought process of, like, what else does this show need? An old man to be friends with all the puppets. Oh, but that's needed. We also introduce the most important character here. Max, 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 Max. That's why it's Grimsby, because they wanted to keep Max. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. Max is Prince Eric's dog. Right. I stand a furry legend. Yes. Well, apparently Max is, or Eric is Max's human. Because Eric clearly does not own him at this point. No. Uh, And Max the puppet is important, because if you are a Labyrinth fan, and I am... Uh, it's the puppet for Ambrosius. Really? Yeah, the sheep dog that Sir Didymus rides. They repurposed that puppet. Huh. And Sir Didymus is my like all-time favorite character from Labyrinth. Does you deserve better. <laughs> Ambrosius. Ambrosius? <laughs> I love... I love... Am- Sir Didymus is my favorite underrated character from Labyrinth. Absolutely. So Grinsby has made a lovely cake for Sebastian. And then... Explains to Scuttle that it's not bird day. It's yeah. birthday. Yeah. Because Scuttle's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And then they sing a dumb little song called Surprise, Surprise. Yes. And then we get the birthday song again. It's a, it's a dark reprise. Like, he sings like, it's not my best day. It's my birthday. And it's like a dark reprieve. Well, no, he comes back at the end where it's like everything's happy. And he's like, it's my birthday, not my birthday. I do a spot on Sebastian. So, but he has like a dark reprise of, I definitely just Googled how to pronounce reprise. Um, One of those words I see in writing a lot, but couldn't remember. Well, it doesn't it go dark reprise, surprise, surprise, happy ending. No, version? surprise, surprise is before the dark reprise. Oh. Uh, trust me, I, I take notes. Oh, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Oh, Ariel? Oh, no. We missed a song. Oh, we missed a stupid song. Oh, we missed the head where they're dancing on the keyboard like it's big. No, we miss Ariel unable to wrap a present. And she drops the cup and sings about how she screwed up. Oh, dear. It's broken in two. I can't give you this. What will I do to thank you for? things he does to show him I care about him because he's a friend. Oh, yeah, this is totally forgettable. And how, like, Sebastian's her friend she wants to do something nice for him. Ariel's not a major character in the show, and she kind of- No, she sucks! And, like, Ariel is already one of my least favorite Disney princesses, because Ariel, the character's a bit of a shit. And she's really- this is, like, pre-character development Ariel- like, this is before she learned anything, so she's still just a spoiled... <laughs> That's little... a good point, yeah. She's, like, still a spoiled little sea princess. Yeah. So then, um, then is Sebastian's dark reprise for his birthday song. Flotsam and Jetsam just kind of kick him when he's down. Yeah, without legs. Yeah. It's impressive. So then, like, Ariel writes him a poem, which is such a lame one. I hate that as a gift. One. My problems with this. One, what is Ariel writing on? Like waterproof paper? It, Whatever. Yeah, she carves it into a stone. Two, this continues the huge plot hole in Little Mermaid of how does she communicate with Eric when we've seen Ariel write? She could be writing in mermaid language. That's true. I mean, I she guess. speaks English. And... Alright, yeah. Alright, so this show has now ruined the movie. And Scuttle doesn't understand candles, and they're like, where is Sebastian? He's not coming. And Sebastian's, like, moping. Yeah. Which I always hate this, we're gonna pretend to forget your birthday, so that it's better when you're surprised. Yeah, well, 
Xavier Woods explained this to me. Uh, you imagine your 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 brain is a cup, right? Okay. And you fill if you were to fill it up with uh, sad emotion, and with like oh people forgot my birthday, and then you pour happy on top of it. Your brain sees it as your cup is full with happy. Okay. So you want to fill your cup with emotion as much as you can and just make sure you top it off with happy and then the whole thing is just happy. Or you could just not be abusive to your friends. Yeah, but then your cup's only half full. It's full of happy, but not enough. I don't feel that way. I feel like I would rather my friends be like, like, just then do something low-key. Like, if somebody was going to throw a surprise birthday party for me, I would rather, like, you and I be like, oh, we're going to go out to dinner. And then you surprise me. And I go from being like, oh, I'm happy with dinner to, oh, now I'm really happy with surprise. Then, oh, I'm going to die alone with cats because no one loves me. Oh, I guess my friends like me enough to lie to me for a sustained period of time. That's such a nice thing! Oh, I hate it. Look, don't argue with me. Xavier Woods has a PhD. So? In psychiatry. In psychology. I thought it was in some kind of educational... Psychology. Oh, okay. Well... This, this has been Xavier Woods Facts. Xavier Woods Facts. Okay, guess what? I still don't believe in that. Um, fake news. Facts! Junk science. I'm gonna tweet at Xavier Woods. Okay. Uh, so then they convince Sebastian to come to his damn surprise party. He is touched. That's the end of the episode. Happy reprise of It's My Birthday. Yeah, there it is. It's my birthday, not my beater. I hated this show. Okay, episode two. 90 seconds of title sequence. Which I immediately skip. I was like, nope, not again. Hashtag never again. So in this one, we're back. We start out back in the grotto. Yes. And then Flounder and Sandy are careless and they knock over Ariel's stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes. they sing about it. They sing about how they messed up. Yes. Ariel turns into the bad guy from Moulin Rouge and is like, I don't like other people touching my things. Again, she's a giant brat. Yeah, none of those things are actually yours. This is stuff you found. Um, the cinem- You're a hoarder, Ariel. The cinematography in this is garbage. Well, here's what they're doing. Like... Ariel is not in the same room as the puppets. Right. She is in front of a green screen. Or maybe it's a set. And then the puppets are in front of a green screen. And they superimpose the puppets over the shot of her. Oh, see, in the shot I'm thinking of, she's not in the shot that I'm really thinking of. It's just, it's the two puppets and it's just badly framed. Yeah, I mean, there's shots like that too. But there's a lot of green screen involved here. Like, a lot of people not in the same room together. And I also notice around this point that we never see her fit. We do very occasionally. And there's clearly a puppeteer with the fit. Oh, I don't I, I do, don't remember ever seeing her feet or anything like that. Because this is the time where she's like, don't touch any of my things. All right, I'm going to get out of here. And then she walks off, like, out of frame while waving her arms like she's swimming. Yes. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, I'm underwater. I forgot. And I was like, wait a minute. Her hair's not moving. Like, they didn't bother to do that. No, that would cost money and, and time. And two, that is not how she swims in the cartoon. Nope. You know why? She has fins. Why would you use your arms to swim because when part of you is a fish? Because, Noah, flipping your fins, you don't get too far. You get the furthest! <laughs> you, that's what they do in water! That's a line from part of your world. I know it is. It is incorrect. <laughs> okay. Like, that's like if I said, walking around, you don't get too far. It's like, you know, that's how you move around! So Ariel tells Flounder, because this is mostly Flounder's fault. She tells him to leave her stuff alone. And she wants to go see Grimsby, because Grimsby has promised her a special surprise. Yeah. The, the dialogue between Grimsby and Ariel in this is, like, really weird. and gr- Like, there's definitely this weird, like, is this, like, a sex thing? Um, but Sandy is supposed to mind Flounder and make sure he doesn't touch Ariel's stuff. So Flotsam and Jetsam roll up. And uh, they go, ooh, the mermaid won't share her things with you. 
Mm-hmm. And Flounder's like, no, Ariel is nice. She just doesn't like her things getting messed up. Yeah. And it's like, we haven't seen Ariel be particularly nice to anybody. Yeah, that is true. Like, Ariel in this show is kind of a jerk. <laughs> and there's also a moment in this where they're like, oh, Ariel doesn't have any pearls. And Flounder's like, yes, yeah, she does. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. And this is weird. I flashed back to an episode of Oprah. Okay. Where they hid cameras in this kid's house. And they were like, let's see how, like, kids deal with, like, a stranger. Okay. And they're alone in the house, and they, they send this plant in. And the plant's like, hey, can I use your phone? And this, like, 12-year-old lets the guy in. Oh. And then he's like, show me the house. And the kid gives a tour, and then it's like, so where's your mom keep your ju- her jewelry? And the kid just shows it. I'm like, oh, man, I couldn't imagine being that stupid. But here, here these fish are. I mean, yeah. It's... I don't know why I brought that story up. I'm sorry, everyone. It makes sense. This though. has been unnecessary Oprah facts. <laughs> Oprah facts. Oprah facts. Oprah facts. I love when we have a particularly thin episode for content of the show. Because then we go on these great diatribes. Um, So they go to Flounder and showing them the pearls. And he knocks over the clamshell with her pearls in it. And Flotsam and Jetsam encourage Flounder to lie about what has happened. Yes. The mermaid doesn't need to know. Mm -hmm. So Grimsby is talking to Ariel about the surprise. I'll give you a little hint. It's very, very tiny... But very, very strong. And if you open up this box, you'll sneeze before too long. Unbelievable that that is said. That is up there with, before I hit my bunk, I'm going to commune with my junk. (laughs) In lines that are supposed to be in a children's TV show that you and I were both like, oh no. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything between Grimsby and Ariel sounds like a double entendre. Yes. Uh, I literally have... It might make you sneeze or something? Yes. (laughs) Very, very um, tiny, but very, very strong. And, and it might make you and sneeze. it might make you sneeze. Uh, and then I have a note that says scales. Well, there's a... I, I believe he's like, uh, scales makes a noise. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to go check on scales. I'm going to leave this present for you guys to stare at. Yes. But don't open it. Makes sense. And then Ariel sings a song. Like about being curious. Yeah. What could it be? What could it be? Curiosity has got the best of me. This is the Chocobo song from Final Fantasy VII. What can it be? What can it be? I just can't wait to see. Curiosity has got the best of me. And this is. Final Fantasy songs facts. <laughs> yes. Um, Final Fantasy songs facts. Sandy and Flounder drop the pearl, drop the pearls again, and Sebastian like is pretty mad about it. And Sebastian sings them a song about telling the truth. Truth that you got the truth, tell the truth. If you blow it or you mess up, the truth, tell the truth. All you have to do is mess up. Yeah. Uh, then Scales has a song about making mistakes. But when my notes get broken, it makes me feel so bad. I try to play my music. The results were bad. Unrelated, unneeded, I hate Scales. Scales, despite being voiced by legendary voice actor Jim Cummings, sucks. Yeah. No offense to Jim Cummings, who has done a lot of great work. This was not your best work. Yeah, this is your worst work. Um, I I don't know. He's probably done some real... None of it's made me this angry. That's true. It's like, why are we talking to this stupid-ass dragon? I can't... I wish the show got made so we could see the episode where he dies before the movie happens. <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam, then, two of the pearls don't get picked up by Flounder and Sandy. Yes. And one of them is huge and one of them is very small. And Flotsam and Jetsam bicker over which one gets to keep the bigger one. 
Um, and then Ariel swims nearby and they get scared off and she finds her pearls right. and takes them. Uh, Flotsam and Jetsam are bummed out that Ariel stole back the thing they stole. They're like super mad. Yeah. They're like, oh, our pearls. And then Flounder tries to lie to Ariel about happen, what happened to the pearls. Yeah, he says like a, a monster came in? Something like that. Yeah. And then she goes back to Grimsby and he brought a box of pepper back for Ariel. Yes. You know, a spice that dissolves. Yeah, like I was just imagining her underwater like, let's see what it is. And then just these flakes <laughs> just yeah. float away. Which is like, and we've established she loves shiny things. She loves pearls. Yeah. Like, I got you this pearl. Oh, thank you. It goes with my collection. Or I got you a lockbox so that yeah. Flounder can't screw with your stuff. No, it had to be something small and strong. That might make her sneeze. Might make you sneeze. So then uh, Scuttle has opened the surprise and he's sneezing a lot. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to blame Max, which he should hang for because yeah, how Max dare is you? the greatest. How dare you? Um... And that's the show. Yeah, and then it just ends and then we're done. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly meant for very small children. Like, this is two adults crapping on a show meant for three-year-olds. Yeah. That being said. That being said, it is impressive that this show is 75% original songs. And none of them are good. Like, we watched two half-hour shows so like they're 23 minutes long yeah and it's an album yeah like you could sell this as just like yeah you'd have nine songs you'd you'd have have nine songs four per episode and then the main title none of them are especially great yeah but i guess like for little kids maybe Mm -hmm. the repetitive nature works probably really well for small children yeah and i think for its time it's pretty good yeah now so jim henson when he watched this show he was unimpressed. Yeah. And so were the executives at Disney. Yeah. They ultimately passed on the show in favor of a cartoon. Of The Little Mermaid? Yeah, which ran for three seasons. Yes, I remember that on Saturday mornings. And was ultimately also picked up by CBS, so they actually ran it on network. Right. Um, And the music in that was pretty good. There, there wasn't like a song, there wasn't a ton of songs, but like I do remember some of them. Right. And, like, now, as a 30-year-old, I remember some of them. Huh. I, I didn't really watch it, so I, I don't have... She had a song about harmony that I still remember. Yeah. Like, variety is the spice of life, so we should celebrate. Like, I still remember. Okay. I think it also might have been on a sing-along CD. Mm. Uh, sing-along. So she still was into spices. Apparently. That's interesting. I also remember the big ice storm in, like, 93, 94. Yeah. Uh, they preempt... Little Mermaid was on... And then they cut away from it for weather. Oh, boo. And I threw a class one tantrum. Mm, that's not fun. Because I you interrupted Little Mermaid and therefore I should kill you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, most of the cast has worked fairly consistently, but like not... I mean, the thing that Buddy Hackett is best known for by people our age would be Scuttle. Well, the, the woman that played the Little Mermaid didn't really go on to do anything too spectacular, right? A lot of voice work. It's interesting because... She's like, most recently seen in Lady Bird as Miss Patty. Oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. But it must be interesting to be like, yo, you know the biggest movie of the year? I'm her. I'm going to be her on television. Yeah, this... I work for Disney... Uh, uh no? Oh. Yeah, this was probably, right. like, a huge break. Uh, and Grimsby was the voice of Alfred Pennyworth in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Way cool. He's actually like a noted character actor, but that was the thing I thought that our fans would know him best for, yes, and that indeed. I would know him best for. Indeed. So this is clearly like a preschooler show. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember, like, I'm trying to, like, put it in my mind as being of its time. Because, like, if we made this today, it would be better because of what the focus of the songs would be. The focus of the songs were tended to be things like music and lessons about like not lying and like keeping secrets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If it was made today, it would be Get Up and Dance. 
Yeah. And, like, I think I could justify Scales more if Scales was, like, the get-up-and-move character. Okay, yeah. Like, he, this, this is his corner of the island, and this is why it makes sense to have him there. Because he's the only one with feet. Thus, he's the only one that can do dances. Yeah, I'd see that. Uh, so, like, I can kind of compartmentalize him here. And, like, I know that we're looking at a kid's show. Yeah. But, like, there's nothing really wrong with this. But there's also nothing really great with this. Yeah. Like, there's nothing funny in this. Yeah. Like, the the seagull is funny. Yeah, and he, but he's Scuttle. Like, he's yeah. always... He's great. Yeah, Scuttle has, like, a few jokes and stuff. But, like, overall, it's not, like, silly... It doesn't feel like there's no goofs in it. Yeah, like there's nothing totally, there's nothing likable in it. Yeah. Like it's not, you don't hate it, but you're also not like, oh, it's so great. I love it. Yeah, like there's not a lot of heart in it. No. Uh, Ariel is massive, like, and this is not a slight on the actress. This is Mm -hmm. definitely the way it's written. But Ariel is massively unlikable. Yeah. And there's always a huge problem when you take something like a, a, a movie and make it for television and then change stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's always a feeling like kids won't mind or kids won't notice. And I always noticed. Yeah. Like, because I remember I had a hard time originally getting into a Goofy movie because Max Goof sounds so different in Goof Troop. Okay. And like, now as an adult. Goofy movie is one of the best Disney movies of all time. It did age Fight me. extraordinarily well. Fight me. Uh, but, like, why change it? Like, it, it seems like such an easy thing to do. It's like, let's just keep everything consistent. But instead, something changes. And it's just like, ugh. I'm assuming that the puppet show is probably cheaper than animation. Yeah. Because, like, Disney didn't super want to make, like, a cheap-looking cartoon right so that's why i'm gonna guess they tried to go with the puppets because it was probably right but more of along the lines of what i'm saying here what do you think the most expensive puppet was was it the big dragon that has no reason to be there (laughs) i bet it's the big stupid dragon god he sucks like Um... like why go that route to be like let's add a dragon like, no! <laughs> There's enough there. It's the Little Mermaid. Yeah, and you could have added, you know, more fish or more, like, another person or two. Mm-hmm. It could have been Ursula. Mm-hmm. It could have been Trident. The it could gum. have been... It should have been Trident gum. It could have been any of her sisters, who are not yeah. super well characterized in the movie. Mm-hmm. They've gotten more characterization in outside media as... Right. There's been more Little Mermaid-related stuff. But really, you had look and a name mm-hmm. for six female characters. How hard can it possibly be to find a 20-year-old actress who looks kind of like one of them right. who'll work for the Disney Channel? Yeah. So unless you have a little bit more research... I don't. There's not a lot on this show. This is very, like, forgotten media. Right. Uh, I want to thank the Twitter account Muppet History. Okay. For bringing my attention to it at all. I didn't know this existed until then. Oh. Well, then we have to give it a sentence. I'm going to go ahead and say it stayed doomed owing to the game over rule. Okay. Because I think you would have to retool this a reasonable amount to make this work. Hmm. Interesting. It's got, I mean, it's a little kid show based on The Little Mermaid. It's got good bones, as yeah. you would say in like a housing. But you need to drop scales. You need to pick up at least one or two more characters who were not scales. And you'd need to eat scales into the sun. Yeah, I think... I was actually on the fence for this. But, like, when push comes to shove, there's only one or two things I can say are is good about this show. Mm-hmm. There's four or five things I can say, this is bad. And the rest of it is just, like, fine. And because of that, it's, like... It's hard to be like, stay tuned because it's non-bothersome. That's why. (laughs) It's not offensively in any way. It's just like, eh. That's why I'm citing the game over rule. Mm. It's a cool concept that they could have done a lot. And they clearly did a lot with in the cartoon. Mm -hmm. The cartoon is aimed at a younger audience than the movie. 
And the cartoon was pretty successful. I'm more of saying, like, if we take the this exact show, not change anything, mm-hmm. but make 33 more of it, it would have been fine. Yeah. And we would have done it on this show, and it would have been a Stay Doomed. Right. Because there doesn't need to be more. No, than there's that. no planet we would have done 35 episodes Yeah, of that's true. 35 half-hour episodes <laughs> of the show? Uh-uh. Yeah. There's a lot of shows we will never do because they were kid shows that ran... A 30-episode season, mm-hmm. and that's just not going to happen, kids. The The point I'm trying to make is, it's not offensive. This totally could have run more episodes. I really don't care for it, though. Yeah. Like, there's nothing bad about it, other than, like, a few... Th- other than the stupid-ass dragon. It's just boring and unspecial. So yeah. I'm going to say stay doomed, because, eh, why? Why yeah. bother? That's fair. And I'm going to say stay doomed, owing to the game over rule. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Yep. Uh, what are we doing next week slash next month? So it's December, which means it is Backdoor Pilots Month. Uh, we like to do these nice, fun, short and sweet episodes during the month of December. Yes. So that you can put them on while you're on the way to your family gathering of choice. Yes. And we say this knowing last year we did this in November. But we moved it to December, so deal with it. <laughs> well, last year we got married in November. Yes. So that was rough. Uh, it was, we were trying to keep to a schedule. Yes. So we are going to be doing, uh, five, because it's going to be a five Tuesday month, backdoor pilots, which means a, an episode of an existing show that was clearly meant to set up another series. Yes. Now we have added the rule of this series could not have been picked up. Yeah. Because there are successful versions Because then this. it wouldn't be stay doomed. Right. But I'm saying like. There have been backdoor pilots that have yeah. gone on to create very, very successful shows. Yes. NCIS was a backdoor pilot yes. for JAG. Yes. Uh, I always think of uh, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy is a good example. Uh, that's a spin-off. Rhoda from Mary Tyler Moore. Yes. That's all in the family one. had like 30 of them. Yeah. Did they, I don't think they all became shows, but... But a bunch of... I think the did. Jeffersons did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson's Maud. one of them. Maud. Maud's another one. Yeah, yeah, there was a few that came out of All in the Family. Yeah. So our first one that we're going to do is, because Disney Plus has just come out. Oh, by the way, happy 30th anniversary, Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's this why we our, did this. This is our gift to you. Sorry it sucks. Yeah, there's a reason you're not on Disney Plus. Yeah, but what is on Disney Plus is DuckTales, and we are going to do Double O Duck. Yes. We are not going to do The Masked Mallard, which is the other backdoor pilot. Because it successfully became... Darkwing Duck. Duck. Uh, We'll talk about that a little more, I'm sure. Yes. So if you want to suggest some backdoor pilots to us, be sure to hit us up. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And uh, what if people wanted to, like, see us live? You can see us at MAGFest in National Harbor, Maryland from January 2nd through 5th. Yes. And if you want more flounder facts, I'm at TV's Noah. If you would like to know more minutia about the characters at Disney World, I am at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.